Lord, we thank you for tonight. We bless you. We lift up this sermon together. We're asking you, is everybody's agreeing with me? Lord, we love your word. We thank you for your word. We thank you for being able, you know, here in America, we take it for granted, but there's places that it's illegal to have Bibles. Lord, we thank you so much for your word and that we have access to it. And we're able to come here tonight and be able to go through the word of God. And we love you, Lord. And Lord, we praise you that you're awesome and holy. And Lord, we ask you tonight as you, as I'm going to be ministering the word of the Lord, that you would anoint me and speak through me every, everything that needs to be spoken. Lord, I pray that you, there would just be a flow. I ask you, Lord, that literally, that every person that's going to be hearing this, that your precious Holy Spirit would come upon everyone, whether it's right now live or people are hearing a recording, but just come upon us and help us to be good soil that the Holy Spirit would really come upon our minds to not be distracted, but to be able to understand and lock into what God is saying. That uh, the Holy Spirit would anoint our eyes and ears, give us eyes and ears of the Spirit, to be able to really perceive and hear and to be good soil. And Lord, I ask you tonight that you'll speak through me the words of God, the parable of the seed and the sower, good seed sown into good fertile soil, watered by the Holy Spirit, the soil of people's lives let this go out and land where it needs to and the water of the spirit come upon it it will take root grow and produce a hundredfold harvest of eternal fruit that remains until jesus comes lord i ask you let this word be like a hammer that's going to break through every stronghold a sword that penetrates where it needs to go a bright shining light of truth that dispels all the darkness all the lies all the deception of the enemy exposing it and bringing truth and revelation knowledge. Lord, let there be the washing of the water of the word. And let your Holy Spirit, the wind of the precious Holy Spirit, just blow this seed out among the nations. Through the internet, it's going to get where it needs to be. And that your mighty angels watch over it. The Bible promises, Lord, and we stand on it. Your word will not return void. It will go forth and accomplish that which you sent it forth to do. But we know that the devil, Jesus taught us, is like the birds of the air trying to steal the seed. So we agree together, we bind up anything of the enemy that in any way would try to steal this seed or hinder this word in any way. It being spoken or getting where it needs to go, we bind it now in the name of Jesus and we command it to back off and go right now. Lord, let your mighty angels clear that out. And Lord, that there'll be clarity and you'll speak through me everything thoroughly that needs to be said under a mighty anointing and in the glory of the Lord. We thank you for your presence, the glory that's here tonight. Lord, we love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I've been going through this little mini-series, right? This is the 14th part. And I'm going to deal tonight with false signs and wonders. And I really believe that, you know, this whole series has probably been pretty eye-opening for some people that haven't really been taught along these lines, but... I believe tonight's sermon will be very eye-opening, okay? And so just give me your best ear. We've prayed over it. Now I'm believing that God's really going to touch people. All right, so I'm going to start just reading some scripture, and then we'll go from there, okay? Starting with Deuteronomy 13, verse 1. Those that may be listening to this, if you can, just follow along if you have a Bible. But Deuteronomy 13, verse 1, If a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder comes true concerning which he spoke to you. But listen, this prophet's saying, Let us go after other gods whom you've not known, and let us serve them. So in other words, God is saying, even if this person is performing signs and wonders, if they're telling you to go after other gods, don't listen to them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God is testing you to find out if you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall follow the Lord your God and fear him. And you shall keep his commandments, listen to his voice, serve him, and cling to him. You know, there's a Hebrew word chesed that means like loving kindness. Okay? And God's loving kindness. How many times have you seen that in the scriptures? And sometimes just translated kindness, but the chesed. 
the word really it has to do with God's love but you have to understand that Americans mentality about love a lot of times comes from Hollywood movies and things and they feel like it's some kind of just an emotional high and so when that emotional high is over they fell in love and they fell back out of love but that's not biblical love God's love has to do with being faithful and loyal to his people how many of you guys know that even when we've been unfaithful he's been faithful and so the love of God has to do with being loyal to him and loyal to his people too so there's something about a loyalty and faithfulness because God's a covenant God he binds himself to us through covenant all right and so you can see here the Lord is is really saying to love him with all your heart but what is that how do you practically demonstrate that he's saying that even if you're tested to go after other gods that you will remain faithful to him and loyal to him thus you're showing your love for him all right second Thessalonians 2 1 now we request you brethren with regard to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him that you not be quickly shaken from your composure or be disturbed either by a spirit how many knows that sometimes there's some strange spirits at work out there or a message how many knows that there's false messages out there or a letter a written letter as if from us and sometimes the devil's a counterfeiter about some things so there was people that were sending apparently sending letters and signing Paul's name to it that Paul never sent okay but he said don't be disturbed by either a spirit a demon or a false message or a false letter to the effect that the day of the Lord has already come let no one in any way deceive you for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first and that word apostasy means a falling away people abandoning the faith and you're seeing a lot of that today aren't you and the man of lawlessness is revealed talking about the antichrist the son of destruction who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called god or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God displaying himself as being God do you not remember that while I was still with you I was telling you these things and you know what restrains him now so that in his time he will be revealed there is some kind of an invisible restraining force of God in the earth right now that is preventing these things from happening until the proper time verse 7 for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work now remember the word mystery because down later on in scripture I think we might get into this but in Revelation 17 it talked about the horror of Babylon and it talked about the mystery of lawlessness and how there was something written upon her. anyway um, the mystery of lawlessness is already at work only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way then that lawless one talking about the antichrist will be revealed whom the lord will slay the lord will slay with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearance of his coming that is the one whose coming is in accord now listen to this this is what i'm going to be dealing with tonight i remember god showed us in deuteronomy that there would be prophets and dreamers that would come and he said even if they give you signs and wonders not to follow them if their message is false and their signs and wonders may be actually coming to pass but look at this he's the Apostle Paul is talking about the rise of the Antichrist and he says in verse 9 that is the one whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan with all power signs and false wonders and with the deception of wickedness for those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved for this reason God will send upon them a deluding influence so that they will believe what is false in order that they may all be judged who did not believe the truth but took pleasure in wickedness so here God is saying they kept being told the gospel they kept being told the way to be saved 
they kept being told they need to look to the Bible as the truth. They needed to look to Jesus as the only way to the Father. They didn't want to hear it. So eventually God said, okay, fine. And he gives them over to a delusion. But look at this, because in connection to the rise of the Antichrist and great deception, you see false signs and wonders. All right. Now, Revelation 13, verse 11. In the first part of Revelation 13, it's talking about the Antichrist, the beast coming out of the sea. But I only put here the second part talking about the false prophet, because this is really what I want to focus on. Then I saw another beast coming out of the earth. Now, this is the false prophet. He had two horns like a lamb. Now, who's the lamb of God? So this person has the appearance like unto the Lord. It's always grieved me the deception of some people out there. Like I'll just give you one example, but I remember when the Pope came to this area and people were literally worshiping him like he was Jesus in the flesh. But anyway, the false prophet's going to be like this. He's going to look like a man of God, somebody that is likened to the lamb. But he speaks as a dragon. You guys starting to see the connection here? He exercises all the authority of the Antichrist. I'm, instead of saying first beast because it gets confusing, I'm just going to say Antichrist, okay? He exercises all the authority of the Antichrist in his presence, and he makes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the Antichrist whose fatal wound was healed. Look at this. The false prophet, he performs great signs so that even he will make fire come down out of heaven to the earth in the presence of men. Now think about this, the satanic power that this false prophet will be able to, in front of people, be able to maybe lift a rod or something and literally like lightning shoot out of heaven at his command out of the sky and he deceives those who dwell on the earth because of the signs which it was given him to perform in the presence of the antichrist telling those who dwell upon the earth to make an image to the antichrist so an idol and it says an image to the antichrist who had the wound of the sword and has come to life so somehow the Antichrist is apparently going to have some kind of an injury and, and he's going to be healed from it or whatever. Verse 15, and it was given to him, this false prophet now, to give breath to the image of the beast. The image of the beast, which is the Antichrist, the beast or the Antichrist. This idol connected to the Antichrist would even speak and cause as many as do not worship the image of the Antichrist to be killed. Even now, around the world, I'll get into this later a lot more, but even now, there's relics and images associated with Roman Catholicism for sure, and I believe other religions, but they have images that can bleed, that can cry, that can exude oil, and these are idols that people worship. And I'm going to get to this later, okay? But here you're seeing something like that. There's the Antichrist. The false prophet is somehow going to make an idol. But there's going to be breath come into that idol, meaning a demonic spirit. And this thing's going to be able to speak. And it's not a robot. This is something spiritual. I mean, how many knows we all got Siri in our phone, okay? That's not going to impress anybody. This isn't like some kind of robot. This isn't like Siri is installed, okay? This is going to be something supernatural. And people that do not worship the image of the beast, the idol of the Antichrist, will be killed. And he causes all, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. And he provides that no one will be able to buy or sell except the one who has that mark. 
either the name of the Antichrist or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number. And it says it's 666. Alright, I don't want to get sidetracked on end time prophecy too much. But I want you to see that the rise of the Antichrist is in accordance with the work of Satan. And with powerful signs and wonders. And the book of Revelation shows that the false prophet will have some kind of an ability to perform great signs and wonders to the degree even calling fire down from heaven and creating this image that can literally speak somehow. I mean, that right there alone is some kind of a supernatural miracle. And so, anyway, the rise of the Antichrist and the false prophet will have signs and wonders. All right. In Acts chapter 8, verse 9, there was a man named Simon. Remember reading about Simon the sorcerer who formerly practiced magic in the city and astonished the people of Samaria claiming to be someone great. And they all from the smallest to the greatest were giving attention to him saying this man is what is called the great power of God. Why? It says they were giving him attention because for a long time he astonished them with his magic. So again, Simon, being a sorcerer, was able to perform some kind of miracles, signs, and wonders by the power of the demonic realm through sorcery that amazed all the people. And they all were following him because of the miracles, signs, and wonders he could do. But when Philip showed up, this story reminds me of Moses a little bit. Do you remember Moses stood before Pharaoh? He said, God said, let my people go. And Pharaoh said, well, I'm not. And anyway, Moses did some miracles in front of him. One of them was he threw his rod down and turned into a snake. And Pharaoh wasn't really impressed because the magicians could do the same thing. They threw their rod down through sorcery, demonic power. They also had signs and wonders. But God made sure that Moses' rod, the snake, ate their snakes. And then Moses picked his back up. And now the sorcerers are without their rods, which they used in sorcery. So they were probably kind of ticked off. Now I've got to go whittle a new rod, you know. <laughs> but God showed there the pow his power over the devil. God in the word never denies the fact that Satan would have some power to perform miracle signs and wonders and all that. It's just that his is more powerful. And also Satan's is a counterfeit. And it leads people to deception. Which I'll get to here in a moment. Alright. But when Philip came. It was kind of like Moses' confrontation here. They were used to miracle signs and wonders through witchcraft. But Philip comes now. And they believed the preaching of the good news about the kingdom of God. The name of Jesus Christ. They were baptized men and women alike. Even Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, he continued on with Philip, and he observed the signs and great miracles taking place, and he was amazed. Now, I'm going to give you one more scripture, and then I'm just going to talk about some different things tonight from my heart. But Matthew 7:21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many, not a few, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. In your name we perform miracles. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now, this is something that's in our literature and we you know everybody's familiar with this passage in river of life but there's going to be people that are able to operate in miracle signs and wonders they can prophesy they can cast out demons and then they can also perform miracles that are going to be in hell now these are religious people because they were doing it in the name of jesus and the scary thing is if you study the word of god acts chapter 19 we see that there was seven sons of Sceva and a Jewish chief priest that tried to cast demons out of somebody in the name of Jesus whom Paul preached. The demon-possessed guy 
had supernatural strength and jumped on them and beat them eight beat up eight guys and they all ran out naked and bleeding eight naked men <laughs> running out bleeding because they did not have the authority to cast out demons because they themselves were not born again they were simply saying that in the name of Paul in the name of Christ whom Paul preaches okay all right so let me just give you a couple things tonight from my heart after reading all those scriptures and laying a foundation if y'all could please look this way and give me your best attention after reading all those scriptures and covering everything really well just because there are signs and wonders and miracles on display does not mean that it is always of God let me say that again just because there are signs and wonders and miracles that are happening and it may actually literally be happening but just because it is does not mean that it is automatically of God you're gonna to have to test the spirits there are times that the Word of God is a litmus test and you're gonna know by the Word of God that it is not of God but there are other times that you're gonna to have to discern it by your spirit I remember there was a man one time that there was some miracle signs and wonders that were going on from a source that was not of God but somebody had interviewed him and he was a clergyman they said well what do you say about it and he said well it's good so it must be of God anything good is God anything that's bads of the devil and he kept it at that level but the problem with that is is not everything that's good is God in the Garden of Eden the Bible says that the tree that was forbidden was the knowledge of good and evil the knowledge of good Satan appears as an angel of light and you know as well as I do that the Antichrist and the false prophet when they come on the scene they're not going to be coming out and saying you know here we are we're, we're here to destroy you we're here to deceive you and send you to an eternity in hell and they're up there growling and hissing acting demon possessed they're not going to do that they're going to come on the scene and they're going to look so good their message is going to be so enticing and so good and the signs and wonders that's being performed are going to be good in the eyes of men it's going to look good and because of that and I read it to you in Revelation 13 the masses of the world will be deceived by these things so let me give you a couple things there are people out there that believe that just anything if it seems good must be God without question that's false and what my goal in this sermon series doctrines of demons is is to help people to have discernment to discern it by the Word of God but also you're gonna to have to discern it by the Spirit of God there's a counterfeit hear me tonight there's a counterfeit discernment that's just in the soul it's just in people's human intellect where they look with their natural eye and they judge things and they criticize things it's just human it's not discernment it's just being critical and that's in the soulish realm but there's a deeper realm where people have developed themselves in prayer and the book of Hebrews talks about how you can train your inner senses to discern good from evil so spending time in prayer praying in the spirit developing your inner man your inner senses you can discern by the Spirit of God if something's of God or not and that's true discernment and a lot of the people out there I don't think in the body of Christ really have the prayer life that they need to have and so they don't fully understand what I'm saying but let me give you some things to think about number one Satan's servants can do miracles there's witch doctors and shamans and and those that serve the devil just like we read about in the Bible the Egyptian uh, magicians but there's people that that are in the occult world that can perform miracles 
And somebody that doesn't have any discernment at all and very little scriptural knowledge, you know, there's a woman that maybe she wants to get pregnant, so she goes to the local witch, witch doctor and he gives her a potion, she drinks it, she gets pregnant. And somebody says, well, that it's good, so it must be God. False. That came from a demonic source. And these people, I know here in America, people don't understand this, and they, they really don't believe in it, but it's still true. These type of people, it would surprise you some of the demonic power they have and what they can do. But just because somebody's healed, if they're healed through a demonic source, it's evil. That's what's always concerned my wife and I about some of these shows that have like good and bad witchcraft because it sends the message to kids that there's a good witchcraft. No, there's not. It's like so-called white witchcraft that, you know, that they're doing stuff to promote healing or whatever, but it's still from a demonic source. And it's pure evil. So Satan's servants can do miracles. Number two, true servants of God can receive gifts of things like faith, healing and miracles they can receive gifts and they can begin to function in gifts even if they end up not being right with God in the end and I believe that's what Matthew 7 21 is saying here there's people that started well they served God and there were gifts that work in their life and because of the gifts of healing and working of miracles and things like that they themselves began to really operate in the supernatural and they were seeing a lot of miracles, signs and wonders. But at some point in time, they got really off. Maybe their message got off, but they themselves got very off. And even though the healings and miracles, signs and wonders continued, there was something very off in the spirit. And people that are discerning can pick up on that. Let me tell you a true story. I know, I know, I heard this from a very reliable source. This is a true story. There was a minister that said that his father, during the 40s and 50s revivals, was really used. Now, there was a ton of healing ministries that were going on back then, and they were truly of God and extremely powerful. And um, anyway, so there was a lot of people that were operating in healing. It was a revival from the 40s and 50s into probably... A.A. A. Allen, around 1964, was probably when it ended. I think his ministry was the last, really, in that wave. But you had about 15 to 20 years where, I mean, there was a lot of miracles and a lot of ministries that operated in them. All right, this, this older man who had ministered during that time and ministered in great signs and wonders was on his deathbed, and his son was with him, and his son was kind of crying and, and but he told his dad, he's like, well, dad, I know that you served the Lord all those years and I'll see you in heaven, you know. And his dad really started crying and said, no, you won't. And he said at some point in time, he said that he had gotten into some sin and the anointing began to lift off of him. And he said he knew that there was another spirit that began to function in his life, a familiar spirit that had to do with counterfeit miracles but he needed to keep the ministry going and needed to keep the offerings coming in. And so he just went along with that for years. And he said he really felt like he was going to go to hell. Now, I don't know if he went to hell or not, but man, I hope he got things right before he died. So that man started good but ended up off. Number three, there can be true signs from God. But there can also be counterfeit signs. Man, I've seen some amazing signs and wonders down through the years. Amazing. In the Argentine revival, I'll just give you some different revival stories, things that... But anyway, there were so many people that they were getting gold fillings in their teeth in the revival meetings. That that was so common that they quit having testimonies about it or they would just limit it maybe to one or two because that was happening to so many people. There was incredible signs and wonders that were going on in various revivals. And the Argentine revival was really something about that. And so you had all these different miracles. You, you've had signs. We've had wonders that have been truly of God. There's been um, gold dust that has appeared in places. There's been 
gyms. There's, I remember Steve Solomon years ago. Some of you guys might remember this because I, I went to see him and I had a video. But they had this oil appearing everywhere in their church. Y'all remember that? That was something. I mean, he didn't know what to think of it. I mean, he's, he's preaching. All of a sudden, oil just started saturating his podium, running down the podium, showing up in other places on the vehicles, just saturating the vehicles. So these were signs and wonders that were truly of God. As a matter of fact, there's somebody right now out in Georgia that they have a Bible that's pumping out a ton of oil. <laughs> and a lot of healings. You guys, probably every one of you have a bottle already that they sent you, right? All right. So anyway, there's a lot. And with that oil, there's a lot of people that are getting healed. There's an anointing. And all of these are truly of the Lord. So even though these may be different, they're in the realm of signs and wonders. And they're of God. But there's also a lot of counterfeit signs out there. Let me give you some examples. As I said earlier, there's a lot of different shrines. And, and one of them, I know in Roman Catholicism, for example, just talking about that one. But there's shrines that people go. And I remember one of them, there was some kind of a, a picture that was pumping out oil. And people were getting healed from that oil. But you got to understand something. It's from a demonic source. Here people are going there and they're worshiping that shrine and they're worshiping the idols, etc. Everything that God does, the devil has a counterfeit. And this is where discernment has to come in because you're not, and this is where people, and I love America, I bless, this is where people have the biggest problem here because of the lack of really getting deep in prayer and developing an inner discernment if you had those two things side by side they would not know if it's of God or not and so what they do is they just throw it all out and say it's all demonic you need to know the word for yourself but you're gonna have to develop inner discernment to know if something like that is of God or not But in Roman Catholicism, that's just one of many. There's other religions that have supernatural aspects of things going on. But I know in Roman Catholicism, I'll get to it later and give you some examples out of the apparitions that are happening. But, I mean, they have different shrines, as I mentioned earlier, that may bleed or cry or whatever. And people go there and they worship that image or whatever it is. They worship that thing. And then some of them are being healed. Let me talk about for a moment about why is the devil doing these type of things. So let's go through some different scenarios. Par let's talk about paranormal activity. Let's say, because these type of stories are so common now, but let's just pick one. Let's say that a family moves into an older house, and one of their children begins to see an old man. It's a ghost, supposedly. And through a series of events... It comes to find out that what their child is seeing was a previous owner that had owned it maybe, you know, 30, 40 years ago, and they're dead. And so the parents assume, well, you know, my kid's seeing a ghost of the old dead man. Well, let me just tell you something. Demons can appear when they pierce through the spirit realm into the natural, where people can see them like that. They can appear as a little girl as an old man, as a dog, or just about anything they want to appear as. Why would the devil take the time to do that? I'll tell you why. Because now that family says to themselves, you know, the Bible says when somebody dies, they either go to heaven or hell. Well, our kid is seeing that dead man. So the Bible must not be true. If the Bible isn't true, then Jesus must not be who he says he is. And if he's not, then we need to look to another source to figure this out. And so they start looking into the occult to find answers. These false signs and wonders and, and apparitions and, and supernatural paranormal activity from the devil is leading people into deception. It's leading them away from Jesus Christ, away from the Bible. People will, will go through something like hypnosis or whatever and they go back to some regression and, and there's people that channel demonic spirits and the messages that these people give are leading people away from Jesus Christ. It's deception. 
there was a minister that was telling this story he said that you know there's been so many people that have had strange things like in the nighttime happen to them they've had strange bizarre things happen to them not just at night but they knew that something supernatural happened they knew it but they didn't really want to talk about it because they thought well people wouldn't wouldn't accept them people in church would just think they're crazy and they knew something was going on but they kept it to themselves this minister was saying that whenever he was growing up he grew up in a Christian home and his sister one night he heard this terrible scream she was terrified and she began to rebuke something what happened was in the middle of the night she woke up and some beings had come into her room and she said they looked exactly like what you and I would think an alien would look like and she was terrified but she was raised in a Christian home and so as she let out a blood-curdling scream but then the next thing she did was in the name of Jesus I bind you and I command you to get out of here and she said when she said that they jolted and they looked all of a sudden they looked terrified and they ran out of her room and disappeared see a lot of people a lot of people want other explanations for that you see this may surprise some of the people that are hearing this because maybe this is the first time they heard it and they're going to think this sounds crazy but there's a lot of people trust me a lot now that believe in extraterrestrials and they also believe this extraterrestrial um, gospel if you will they believe that's some of y'all haven't heard this i can tell they believe that there was this ancient alien race that came now they're serious that came and they seed planted earth there was never a god okay they seed planted earth and then through a series of millions of years evolution took place and now we're at this place where we are and that they're going to come back before too long and take us to the next level of our evolution and this whole thing about ancient aliens and stuff as crazy as it sounds to you and to some of you guys listening to this there's more and more scientists and people that have credibility that are believing it and you know what it is they don't want to believe the gospel they don't want to believe in a God because if they believe in a God then they have to believe the Bible and they have to believe that they're a sinner and their life is full of sin and they need to repent and that there's a hell for them see they don't want to believe any of that and so they start coming up with these crazy belief systems and look into it because some of you didn't know that look into how many people are starting to believe that it would shock you and it makes me wonder in the days to come how many people when the Antichrist and false prophet begin to emerge how many people to them maybe they view them like that you know I don't know how it's going to play out play out fully but to the false Christian church the harlot church the Antichrist will seem like Jesus in the flesh see what I'm saying to the Muslims he's going to come across as their Messiah to the Buddhist, he'll almost be like a reincarnated Buddhist or Buddha. And to those that believe this craziness about the ancient aliens, to them, maybe he's extraterrestrial. But he's going to be superhuman to them. Somebody bigger than life. And because of the miracles and signs and wonders that are being done, people are going to be deceived into following them. Now there was a man that came to the Argentine Revival and this is in um, Carlos Anacondia's book called Listen to Me Satan. I recommend people read that book. It's incredible. But anyway, this man had a really bad toothache and he had given his life to the devil and he had prayed about that to the devil and the devil healed his tooth. And it was like some kind of a black substance that went in there and it was fine. Well, he later, he ended up in Carlos's meetings and he gave his life to Jesus. And he wanted to come down and renounce Satan and renounce that pact with the devil that he had made. And he mentioned to Brother Carlos about his tooth. And Brother Carlos was like, yeah, we need to pray about that. 
And so he had him renounce that, and he took authority. And Brother Carlos put his finger on his tooth, and he commanded everything of the devil to leave. He broke it off of him. In the name of Jesus, I destroy this. But then Brother Carlos said, but Lord, I ask you to heal this tooth. And when he took his finger off now, it was a gold filling, and he was, fine. He was totally fine. He was healed by God. So God took out the counterfeit sign from Satan and gave a real miracle from God. Guys, there's so much deception out there. The Bible says that there would be a falling away. Some would abandon the faith. There would be a falling away because of doctrines of demons and seducing spirits. People are going to be seduced into all kinds of stuff. And just because there's miracle signs and wonders does not mean that you need to just follow it. You need to test it. Make sure it's of God. I believe with all my heart that God is performing miracle signs and wonders in these last days. There's no doubt about it. And they're incredible. But the devil has his counterfeit too. So let me give you something to think about as I close this out. I'm going to give you the last couple thoughts. Let me talk to you. This is not in your notes, but I want you to look this way. The Marian apparitions that are happening. Let me read you a few scriptures and I'm going to go through something. If you haven't heard of this, it's going on. Jeremiah 44 verse 19, the woman added, when we burn incense to the queen of heaven and pour out drink offerings to her, did, our, did not our husbands know that we were making cakes impressed with her image and pouring out drink, drink offerings to her? So this is an ancient thing where there's some kind of a queen of heaven that's being worshipped. And, and here we're talking about God's people doing it, by the way. Jeremiah these are Jewish people that were doing it at that time Revelation 17 3 and he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast full of blasphemous blasphemous names having seven heads and ten horns the woman was clothed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls having in her right hand a gold cup full of abominations and of unclean things of her immorality on her forehead, a name was written, Mystery. Remember me talking about that earlier? Mystery of lawlessness. Mystery. Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of the martyrs, and with the blood of the witnesses of Jesus. When I saw her, I wondered greatly. And the angel said to me, Why do you wonder? I tell you, the mystery of the woman and the beast that she carries which had the seven heads and ten horns. And then Revelation 18, verse 7, this whore of Babylon says, I sit as a queen, I am not a widow, and will never see mourning. So there's some kind of a, a feminine deity down through history that people worship. You remember reading in the Bible about Baal and what? Asherah, the female. Some kind of a queen of heaven. Something that is being literally worshipped by people. Let me give you something here. This might surprise some of you guys. Have y'all heard about the, the apparitions of supposedly Mary that's appearing to people around the world? Some of y'all? All right. 15 to 20 million. Everybody say million. That's a lot of people. Visit a shrine to Mary in Guadalupe, Mexico. An apparition appeared there in 1521. In Bosnia, thousands claim to hear Mary's voice, receive miracles, and healings take place. Now, remember we talked about how things seem to be good? I mean, people go to some shrine, they worship some thing, some apparition, some idol, and people went there, maybe somebody came there, they had cancer, and they went back cancer-free. It seems good. And to the person that may be even a clergy that doesn't discern things, they say, well, it must be God. These Mary appearances, and let me just go ahead and say, Mary is in heaven. This is not Mary. This is some fallen angel appearing as an angel of light. Okay? And you're going to see here in a moment what it's doing. But 
these quote Mary apparitions are literally taking place all over the world Newsweek in 1997 reported in many ways the 20th century belonged to Mary from almost every continent visionaries have reported more than 400 apparitions of the Virgin more than in previous three centuries combined taken all together these visions point to what the Marian movement believes is the millennial age of Mary in Lord's France Mary claimed now here we go this is all over the world but now let's examine some of this in Lord's France this Mary apparition that appeared claimed to be immaculate in her conception so picture this apparition people see the thing it's talking and it says that it is Mary and that it is immaculate in her conception that means that it's claiming to be Mary and that Mary was born without sin first off I love Mary and we're all gonna meet her one day but she needed a savior just like me and you she was not perfect the Bible said all have sinned and fall short of the glory she had sin in her life there's no doubt she had to put her faith in Jesus and in the cross his sacrifice for her salvation just like me and you which I believe she did but if she hadn't have she would be in hell right now so she this apparition is claiming to be Mary and claiming to be without sin people come to this site to drink from the spring and receive healing and see visions and worship this apparition in Poland there's a shrine to Mary that draws five million a year everybody say five million. five million think about how many people this is guys I just mentioned what 20 million okay five million people a year to worship the Queen of Heaven the black Madonna was honored by Pope John Paul the popes are very in favor of these apparitions these are credible sightings of a supernatural being that is appearing around the world one of these shrines in America has supernatural oil appearing and other signs and wonders associated with it and because of the healings and the signs and wonders and the quote positive fruit of these sightings people are being drawn in by the millions so anybody that's discerning can tell you could even go to these places and discern in your spirit something's not right but let's examine something else though what are these apparitions saying what are, what are these apparitions preaching well this so-called Virgin Mary which it's not this being that is appearing to people states that her immaculate heart would prevail and ultimately bring world peace that is very much connected to the message that one day the Antichrist and false prophet will preach world peace world unity the Bible tells us to test all the spirits even though they claim to be from God she states that some things that sound really good here but there's a mixture I mean knows sometimes you'll hear truth that's being preached but you also hear error there's mixture the Pope stating on it listen to this the Pope of that time stating on this universal level if victory comes it will be brought through Mary that's interesting just think about what's being said here not through Jesus through Mary listen to what he says Christ will conquer through her because he wants the church church's victories now and in the future to be linked to her and Pope John Paul was very dedicated to the Marian apparitions another place this apparition appeared and said it told everybody to read the Bible every day put it in a visible place in your home and read it and pray there's the good side of the message but then it also this apparition states this it says I am the mediatrix between you and God it's claiming to be the mediator between us and God 
How many knows the Bible says in Hebrews 7.25 that Jesus is the only mediator between God and man? In 1 Timothy 2.5. This apparition in different places, one time it said the world is degenerating. It was necessary for the Father and the Son to send me into the world to be their advocate and to save them. So this Marian apparition is claiming that it's going to be our advocate and it's going to save the world. Well, 1 John 2, 1 says Jesus is our advocate, not Mary. And we all know that Jesus is the Savior. And then in another time, I've got a couple more. Another time, this apparition states, I call upon, your, I call upon you to open yourselves completely to me so that through you I can convert and save the world. It says, I alone am able to save you from the calamities that are approaching. Those who place their confidence in me will be saved. In this time, I am the ark for all your brethren. I am the ark of salvation and peace. The ark children must enter if they want to live in the kingdom of God. Pardon me, but Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but through me. So this is very much a false spirit. And um, remember, I'm trying to show different places in the word of God. But you remember at the very first scripture, even if a prophet arises, but he's preaching something other than the word, he's trying to lead you away. He said, don't listen to him, even if they perform miracle signs and wonders. And they come to pass. This message is corrupt. She claims to be, this, this apparition claims to be omnipresent, Stating her immaculate heart will be ever present with her followers. She claims to be omnipresent. Stating her immaculate heart will be ever present with her followers wherever they go. We all know that only God is omnipresent and omnipotent. This being cannot be everywhere at once. She claims to be some co-redemptrix. <clears throat> Some kind of a co-redeemer. This is teaching that she is a redeemer like Christ that goes directly against and violates the scripture. She, she teaches that she, she suffered with Christ and has redeemed us with Christ. So it's like a co-redeemer. But the Bible says different. Revelation 5.9, Jesus alone redeems us by his blood. In 1 Peter 3.18, Hebrews 10, 12-14, and verse 18, we know that only Christ has redeemed us by his blood, and he is our only source of salvation. All right. So some of the closing thoughts I have is, number one, be careful to not accept things just because there are signs and wonders associated with them. Just because there's miracles, just because something supernatural happens, and just because it seems to be good, does not mean that it's God. And you need to test it. I remember the story I've told many times, but Dr. Cho, some woman was prophesying. He has a you know, very large, there was a lot of people, large church. Some woman was prophesying. The information she gave was accurate. And there was a lot of people getting prophecy, but he felt very uneasy in his spirit. A doctor chose a man of prayer. And because he's a man of prayer, he had developed his inner man to be discerning. And so the information was accurate, but he felt troubled in his spirit. Kind of like the Apostle Paul, whenever that slave woman kept crying out, these are uh, you know, messengers of the Most High God telling you the way to be saved. And even though that, that she was saying something that was true... Paul was irritated in his spirit. He, he discerned that this was not right, and he turned and commanded the demon to come out of her, remember? So Dr. Cho was troubled. He went home and prayed about it, and after he prayed about it, God told him it was a familiar spirit. It was not of God. Now, he went to this woman and tried to talk to her and wanted to help her, but she got offended, didn't want to hear it. Of course, in her mind, she's right, he's wrong, and so she just leaves the church offended and keeps her familiar spirit. And just go somewhere else and prophesies. Just because something is supernatural or seems good does not mean it's God. So test the spirits. 
So in the book of Hebrews, it says, I've said this over and over, by constant use, training your inner senses to discern good from evil. That is not in the realm of your human intellect and your human emotions. That is your soul. And the book of James talks about, you know, carnal. It talks about soulish, and it leads to demonic. The soul area, people in their own human mind, their own intellect, they begin to size things up. And many times, the people that I've seen, unfortunately, that, that have a voice, they write books against revivals, they criticize anybody that's anointed or takes up an offering or whatever. They criticize, they judge, they look down. It's soulish and it's demonic. They're under the influence of something that's not of God themselves. But God doesn't want us to be in that realm. He wants us to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And in our inner man, our spirit, we can discern if it's of God or not. When you have true discernment, it's not so much that you're sizing it up with your intellect, but you can sense in your spirit something's not right. And then when you pray about it, God will show you. And see, the reason why I'm saying that and really putting an emphasis on that is because of this reason. We know that there's going to be signs and wonders that are of God. Just like, for example, there's been time that oil appeared and it was really of God in churches, no doubt about it. But there's also been times from a counterfeit source that a miracle like that would happen, but it was demonic. The only way that you're going to know is if you discern it by the Spirit of God. And let me say this too. Don't get caught up in other people's offenses. With church or with leaders or whatever. This is my final thought tonight, but please hear me on this one. Jesus said in Matthew 24.10, at that time, talking about the end times, many will fall away. We see that in many places. I've already mentioned in, in what Timothy and Thessalonians, that people would fall away. Jesus said at that time, many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. You're seeing a prophecy of Jesus Christ that in the latter days, among God's people, there would be some that would fall away. There would be people that would betray one another. And they would hate one another. And he said, many false prophets will arise and mislead many. If you stop, I know we don't have time to meditate on this, but he's using the word many. Many false prophets would mislead many. These are the words of our Lord. He's saying there's going to be a lot of people swept into deception. Verse 12, because lawlessness increases. Because of the increase of lawlessness, most people's love will grow cold. But he said the one who endures to the end will be saved. Don't get caught up with other people's offenses. Just like in this, what Jesus was saying here, people get offended. And people, because of their offense, they'll betray others. They get bitter. They get full of hate. And if you let them, the Bible says in Hebrews that a bitter root could spring up in one person. But it can defile many. That one person will begin to gossip and slander and it'll spread like a cancer. And down through the years, I want y'all to please hear me. This is just some, some pastoral wisdom here. I've, been, I've grown up in church my whole life. And I've been in the ministry in one capacity or another for over 20 years. And I'm telling you, I've seen a lot of this. Number one is that people, they themselves are not really wanting to repent and get right with God. So what they do is, They'll say, well, there's all these hypocrites in church. How many times have we heard that? I've been in the ministry a long, long time now. And I'm just telling you that nine out of ten people are sincerely trying to live for Jesus. They really are. They're not perfect. They've got to overcome some things, but they're sincere. 
you do have a few hypocrites here and there. But by and large, most church-going people are pretty sincere about their faith. They're trying. And I remember that, what is it, in Romans chapter 7, the Apostle Paul, man, he said, the things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing. The things that I want to do, I find myself not doing. He was learning how to overcome his weaknesses, now to live in victory. And that's where a lot of Christians are. And while they're in that place, see, it's easy for somebody over here that wants to justify their sin to say, well, all these hypocrites. No, they're not really hypocrites. They're just trying to overcome. They're not perfect. And another thing I've heard a lot of is people that just simply get told something they don't want to hear. It's the truth, but they didn't like it. And so they left out of a church offended and they go around running down the church, running down the pastor. And how easy it is to get caught up with other people's offenses and deception. I've even seen on one particular Christian program, they, you know, they call in and they, people can ask questions of, of the leaders on there. Now I've heard a number of times where me just knowing how things are in the body of Christ for all these years, I could kind of tell by the way the question was asked that this was somebody like that. But they would have something real negative to say about a church and a preacher and all that. And the people just kind of go with the question and they themselves are kind of negative about, well, they just heard this, so they just go with it like it's truth. And I'm always just sitting back here shaking my head going, there's another side to this story. I guarantee you. If we go find that pastor, what you'll probably find nine times out of ten was that pastor really loved that person and they really prayed for them and they met with them and they told them, you need to quit doing this and you need to start doing this and they didn't like it. So they got ticked off and left and now they run down the church, you see. Be careful what you listen to. So I've heard people run down, I've heard people go from church to church they're church hoppers. They float around. They've got something negative to say everywhere they went. How many knows that if everybody's like that, the problem isn't with every other church in the DFW Metroplex. It's probably the problems in them. Just don't get sucked into other people's offenses, other people's bitterness, other people's hate that they've gotten offended about something and most of the time it was because they were told you need to quit doing this or the Bible says this your life needs to change here and they didn't want to hear it nine times out of ten that's what it was so they got offended they felt like they were right I remember telling a, a pastor one time about that I'd seen people down through the years get bent out of shape and they were clearly in the wrong but they left some church and I was like man all these years pass and they never come back and repent how many knows that time does not wash away sin the blood of Jesus washes away sin and just because time passes doesn't mean everything's okay but I was telling this pastor friend of mine I was like man I've seen these people leave and all these years pass and you would think after five, six, seven, ten years that, that God could have done a work in their heart to where they could go back and just say, look, for anything I did, I'm sorry. And really mean it and be sincere, not be a snot. Like going in there saying, well, I'm sorry you were wrong or something like that. Nobody, that's, that's just arrogant, right? But if they go in there and say, look, I'm really sincerely sorry about what I did. Because they, because they want to be right with the Lord. And I was telling my friend about it, and he told me he shook his head. And he's he was a lot older than me. He's about 20 years older than me. And he told me, he says, Scott, I've seen a lot, a lot of people, too, leave on bad terms. He said he, think, he thinks, and he was in his 60s. He said, I think in all these years, I think I saw one person come back and apologize to somebody like that. And he said, you've got to understand that there's an element of pride. And he said, that's the reason why they never come back and humble themselves. They stay rebellious and offended. So basically what I'm trying to warn you is, is that you may see people floating around out there and they're going to run down churches, they're going to run down preachers or leaders or youth leaders or whatever. I've been around enough now that when people start in on that with me, number one, I just don't believe them. 
Because I'm thinking, I've, I'm thinking in the back of my mind, I bet you if I go talk to that person, there's going to be a whole other side of this story, and it's nothing like what you're telling me. And I'm thinking that, but secondly, I'll change the subject because I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear a bunch of gossip and slander. Amen? I'm not going to be defiled by it, and I don't want to hear it. But I refuse. Jesus warned us here that there's going to be people falling away. They're going to betray one another, hate one another. There's going to be like something that's going to get people offended. And they're going to get a bitterness in their heart, and they're going to get full of hate. And they're going to fall away. And the book of Hebrews warns that a bitter root can defile many. And so I'm not getting sucked into other people's stuff. If they've got a problem somewhere else with another preacher in the church, they need to go work it out with them. And I remember a pastor telling me a long time ago, he said, you know how people come to you and they want to run down somebody else in the church? He said, just say to him, hey, grab him by the hand and say, well, let's go talk to him and work it out. And you'll be surprised. He said, either they'll go talk to him and work it out or he said, they'll never come to you again. I done made up my mind that I'm not getting sucked into other people's offenses and their bitterness and their hate and all their divisiveness. There's a foul spirit there and there's a foul spirit in some people that base their so-called ministries out there on destroying other ministries they don't like. That is totally, purely demonic. Their ministry is demonized. They're operating under the power of demonic spirits that are trying to destroy things that they don't agree with. They're tearing down. And they really truly believe that they're being used of God. I know they do. It's a deception. All right. So, Lord, we thank you today. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. We thank you, Lord, for this word tonight. And we pray, Lord, for everyone here, everyone that's heard this, those that have been watching, those that have been listening to this. Lord, I pray, give us the grace and the wisdom in these latter days. The Bible says the Antichrist, the false prophet, will emerge but they would be counterfeit signs and wonders. And the Bible warns us that there would be false prophets and there would be these counterfeit miracles and things out there. Though we ask you for the grace and the wisdom to have great discernment. The one thing when Jesus was asked, teach us about the end times, Matthew 24. The first thing he said was, let no one deceive you. And so Lord, we pray, we pray for our grace that your people not be deceived in Jesus name but Lord that we would know the word we would know the things of the spirit of God we would have an inner discernment in our spirit inner senses to, that are trained in discerning good from evil to know what's of God and what's not what's not of God excuse me Lord let that come we thank you for it now in Jesus name amen all right let's go ahead and shut down recordings